Hello and welcome to the Confident Moms Podcast. I am your host, Laura Dry, and this is episode 39, Confidently Parenting Your ADHD Child with Bridget Little. Hey everybody, welcome to the podcast today. I'm really excited to introduce you to Bridget Little, who is my special guest and is going to um, share with us some awesome things today. So welcome, Bridget. Thank you. Thanks so much for being here. So Bridget is a parenting coach for kids and teens with ADHD. And I know that in my circle, there are lots of parents that are maybe struggling with this. And so I wanted to bring you on. I wanted to have a really just honest, open, authentic conversation. And my hope is really that, um, I think there's kind of three things that I want this episode to maybe help my listeners with. And that is first to just validate you. Like we see you and you are not alone in, in this. Secondly, I think, I just hope that, um, we will be able to, to give some helpful tips and reframes for our moms. And thirdly, just encourage, encourage you in your journey with your child and, with that said, um, whether your child is neurotypical or neurodivergent, I think we can all use tips and tools to help love our kids better because I think every child has, well, for me anyways, I know I struggle with each of my children at different times and seasons in different ways and different stages that they reach. And so I'm really excited to hear from you and to, um, have you share kind of your knowledge and your, because you have such a wealth of knowledge through your experiences. So why don't you go ahead and just introduce yourself and kind of why you have so much knowledge with this topic? Yeah, I'd be happy to. So my name is Bridget Little. And like you said, I coach parents of kids with um, kids and teens with ADHD. And, you know, I live in Houston, Texas, we have six kids. And, you know, my journey into this, you know, I think I did most of my learning before I even knew what I was learning, I guess, yeah. you know, kind of going back, I, you know, I graduated in psychology in the nineties and we actually studied ADHD then, but our knowledge of it was, was much different. It was very much framed as this is a behavioral disorder that mostly affects little boys and some of them outgrow it. And, you know, stimulant medication works. That was kind of most of what we saw, you know, some are hyperactive, some are not, you know, there wasn't a ton of, of detail and the rich knowledge that we have now. And so, um, you know, I worked in early childhood education for a while. And then as we began having our kids, um, you know, it was just an interesting journey. We had this delightful little girl that was really cooperative first, but she would get lost on her way to do things. Like she'd be in the bathroom singing and washing her hands for 10 minutes, you know, <laughs> just little things like that. Yeah. And then we had four boys in a row and that's where things got really interesting. It was just all chaos all the time. Um, none of what we read in parenting books even seemed to apply. And, you know, it was kind of this moment where I realized, okay, I really got to get to know these kids and how they're thinking and figure out how we're going to operate, you know, at home and as a family to help them be successful. And, you know, so over the years, we figured a lot of great stuff out, you know, and things were, were really good at home. And we had another girl after that, 
um, to round out our six, but, you know, the kids were smart. They were funny. We figured things out, you know, and in my mind, these were just typical kids. And we had, you know, teachers contacting us about certain things that would happen at school or suggesting an ADHD evaluation. But again, you know, I thought I understood what that was. I didn't know I was in the same boat at the time, you know, and everything just seemed, you know, really typical and, and, to me at home. And so um, it wasn't until um, my oldest son was in college that he was diagnosed with ADHD. And I kind of went back and started doing some reading. And, you know, in that intervening 30 years, we have gained so much understanding about what it really is. And um, just the areas of the brain that it affects and the different ways that it manifests. And I started to realize, oh, whoa, this is this is affecting a lot of us. And so we all got evaluated and it turned out to be five of the six kids and me. And so, you know, we kind of dove into this world of learning everything we could about ADHD and how to, you know, operate and set ourselves up for success. And I went and um, I was already working as a coach with kind of a different population, but I went back and got some further education on, on ADHD specific coaching. And it's been really fun now to put a framework around all those things that we learned by experience and understand why they worked, you know, and the different, you know, areas that that was supporting in different brain functions and all that. So yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun. And, you know, these kids with ADHD are my favorite. They honestly are. I just, love everything they bring to the table. And so it's a lot of fun to work with parents, you know, as they learn to understand and work with their kids. Yeah. I'm, I'm thinking about, um, you know, maybe this stigma around a diagnosis for your, your kids and maybe how that impacts us as parents in supporting and loving our kids the best that we can. So can you speak to that a little bit? I know that, it, I mean, your kids, you just adapted to them, which is remarkable. Yeah. Um, and you were able to, you know, go through that in, in such positive ways, it sounds like, Yeah. but how, um, how might we as parents be, be stuck, um, before, before a diagnosis is, is even, um, happened. Yeah. And that question of stigma is so interesting because, you know, there is such a misunderstanding of what ADHD actually is. And if I can speak to that for just a second, then I'll come back. I would to love that. Yes. The stigma piece, you know, even the name itself, you know, attention deficit hyperactivity disorder, ADHD is really not a deficit of attention. It's more of a difficulty regulating what gets the attention, right? And so it's it's kind of a problem with the executive functions of the brain. So maybe they're not prioritizing things because everything feels like it's of equal importance. And, you know, the ADHD brain also has trouble getting activated when things are not interesting. Um, there may be issues with working memory. You know, all of these things that are the executive functions of our brain, there can be different levels a difficulty with those tasks. And so the way that looks is that they're not paying attention or that they won't get the things done, you know, and, and, you know, it's very much was initially understood from kind of an outside observation point of view, instead of what was really happening in the brain of the individuals that, that deal with this. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I think because of that, there was a very negative stigma that developed, you know, because a lot of times these kids are seen as 
rebellious or out of control or irresponsible, you know, and it can be difficult to say, okay, I'm going to go get my child evaluated and see if they're going to have this label slapped on them. Right. Yeah. And I understand that completely because, you know, I remember the first couple times that it was mentioned to me about my boys thinking, no, you know, I've seen them focus on things. I don't want to label on them. I'm not going down that road and I'm not going to explore it, you know, because, you know, I thought I had evidence to the contrary or whatever. Um, But the thing that we've discovered is that since we have gotten the diagnosis, it has, it has been really freeing and validating for our family. Um, I know for me growing up, And, you know, even as an adult, I had this story in my head that I was just lazy and undisciplined, Mm. you know, all the time I didn't get the things done or I didn't follow through or any of that. You know, I told myself all kinds of awful things, you know, about all the character traits I possessed that made me like that. And none of that was true. You know, there was a perfectly valid explanation for why those things completely dropped out of my brain or why I would only remember them at 11 o'clock at night when I'm laying in bed and finally quiet, you know, and yeah. Um, understanding that let me actually put down a lot of the negative labels that I had assigned myself. And I'm thrilled to death that my youngest daughter, who's 11, is going to grow up knowing how her brain works, understanding why she does the things she does, and be able to just put some scaffolding in place for those things that are hard and understand, okay, I need more support in this area because this is not something I do naturally. And, you know, she'll talk to anybody about it. She's really cute. (laughs) She talks to people about having ADHD all the time. And she's not ashamed of that because she sees it as just an alternate way of interacting with the world and something that makes her unique and, and all that. And I love that. That's such a good point. How just in the name, we, we maybe can um, refer to like a deficit, Right. And I love how you're saying, actually, no, it's not a deficit. I was actually um, looking at one of your posts recently, and you shared something about um, a friend asking you for advice on becoming a fun family. Yeah. <laughs> and I love that because, I mean, do you want to share what you shared or do you want me yeah, to read? Yeah, I'd be happy to. You know, years ago, before we even, you know, realized the whole ADHD thing was going on in our family, there was a friend of mine that approached us and he's like, you guys are always having so much fun. How can I become a fun family? I feel like I'm not fun, you know? And I'm like, I don't know, let me think about it, you know? And I thought about it for a while and I was really struggling to come up with the reasons that we're a fun family. And I, you know, I, I gave him a few suggestions of something. I don't even remember what it was, but I look back on it now and I realize, okay, the reason we are a fun family, so to speak, is there is a lot of impulsivity. There's quick thinking. There is a total willingness to set responsibilities aside to do something more interesting. Mm -hmm. And there are certain characteristics that we share because of the ADHD that creates a very fun environment. And my friend was not going to replicate that in his family any more than my kids were suddenly going to be able to get their homework done without struggle. Right. Yep. So there, there is this, this trade-off, there are good things that are in your life because of that. And then there are hard things, but the same is true of any family. Exactly. Yeah. And I just love how that just gives us an opportunity to see our situation through different eyes. Like we are all normal in our own ways. You know what I mean? Like we are all so 
so perfect just as we are. And when we can maybe, and I don't know if you've experienced this with the parents that you coach, but one thing I thought is, you know, are we arguing with that reality of, of how our kids show up? Um, and is that stopping us from noticing the ways that they, they are amazing and great. And is that stopping us? Is that getting in the way of us loving them the way that we want to? Can you speak to that a little bit? Yeah. You know, I think that can definitely be the case. And that's something I see a lot because a lot of times there are parents that are like, I've told them this a hundred million times. I just want them to do the thing they know they're supposed to do. Right. Mm -hmm. But when they understand, okay, your child, you know, has a working memory issue you know, those things disappear. They do not stay anchored. And additionally, you know, there are a lot of different individualities and ADHD works a little bit differently for, um, for everybody. And so, you know, I really like to customize what we're looking at, but maybe your child has a difficulty even with taking verbal instructions they hear and encoding those into memory, right? So if that's the case with your child, you can tell them something a million times and, they're not going to remember it. And you can argue with reality and try it as many times as you want, but until you couple that with something that is going to connect, it's not going to land, you know, and mm -hmm. it's not going to be remembered, you know, and there are lots of different ways you can do that. You know, you can make that relevant for them. Um, you know, if you're like, okay, the, my child needs to let the dog out every morning when they get up, because the dog has to go to the bathroom and, you know, they may hear that, but it drops out of memory. But if you connect it to, their experience and say, you know, when you get up in the morning and you have to pee so bad, you can't think of anything else. And they're like, oh yeah, I understand that. And say, that's how, you know, the dog feels. feels in the morning, you know, and you know, they'll be like, oh, you know, and then they'll see Coco in the morning and be like, she's got to go to, you know, and you know, you can find ways to connect that to their emotional experience or to wherever their strengths lie. And, you know, when you start adjusting things a little bit to say, okay, what are the areas where my child tends to connect and be good at things? And where are the areas that it tends to just kind of drop out of mind and start working with that? You know, a lot of times those struggles can kind of disappear and you see that, okay, these kids are totally capable of succeeding and they want to succeed and they want to do well. But, you know, there is a reality of this difference in the way that their brain functions that we've got to address. Yeah. So my brain is just going to like the whiny little child in me that that's kind of like, but it's going to take a lot of effort and it's going to yeah. take a lot of energy and this is hard. So what would you say to that parent? Um, I would argue that sometimes the upfront energy of finding a different way to do things may be a little hard, but in the long run, it's easier than beating your head against the wall, right? Yeah. And seeing it's your hard either help. way, right? Yeah, <laughs> it is. You know, because the thing that you're doing um, when you're working with your child, and this is the part that I really love, is you are also helping that child create an individualized operating manual for their life. Mm -hmm. Because the way that their boss or their college professor is going to tell them to organize their assignments or their work is probably not going to work for them. You know, but if that child understands, okay, my brain is not going to turn on unless I do something fun first. You know, and I've learned that at home and I've learned that with my chores and with my homework, 
And they know, okay, you know, when I sit down to, you know, do my college assignments, I need to start with a five minute dance party you know, and, and yeah. get my brain turned on, you know, you're teaching them the tools that they're going to need to succeed in other settings. And so you're really building um, a kind of a set of instructions that they can use in other settings. And so, yeah, there is a little bit of effort on the front end, figuring things out. And I think that's where coaching is really great because you can kind of collaborate and, you know, figure those things out and try some things out. Um, and then, you know, honestly, we, we write some things down with my son, who's a high school senior right now, so that when he leaves, you know, he's going to know, okay, these are the things that work for me to get me going when, when I can't seem to hit that on button myself. Yeah. You're such a good example because just what you were saying about your daughter, how she's so proud. She's yeah. so proud of the way that she shows up in the world and she's using that to her benefit. Right. Um, I wanted to ask you if there are any specific mindset shifts or thoughts or things that might be helpful for parents who want to love and understand their kids better, but are just really struggling with it. Yeah, There are a couple and one I kind of mentioned briefly, but, um, assume your kid wants to succeed, you know, assume they want to do the right thing. Cause I think we get in this you know, habit of seeing all the things they don't do. Like, Hey, I told them they had to get all their homework done before they got on games and they're, they're on games. They're just, they don't even respect me. They don't care about anything. I say, you know, we, we take it very personally. We see it as defiant and everything. And if you can come with the assumption that this child wants to do what's best, you can kind of say, okay, well, what, what happened there? What got in the way? And it can kind of bring down that, um, you know, some of the, the frustration you might feel and help you say, okay, you know, is there an obstacle that's in the way here? You know, and sometimes kids just make dumb choices. Sometimes they're like, yeah, I just didn't want to. And you'll uncover that too. Um, but if you can start with that assumption, you know, these kids, a lot of times in different settings are getting told all the time, you're doing it wrong. You're not doing it well enough. And if we can kind of we can't take all of that away from their life experience because it's going to come from school and other places. But, you know, if home can be a place where, okay, they think I'm great here and they're on my team and are going to help me succeed. That's a huge one. Um, another shift that I find is really helpful. And this one is going to sound really paradoxical, <laughs> but it's this idea of, you know, the word can't, and we don't like to think that our kids can't do something, right? We like to think, oh, you can do anything you set your mind to or whatever. But when you're talking about a kid with ADHD that maybe isn't doing something that they're supposed to be doing, and we're thinking they won't do it, we're seeing that child as, you know, being defiant, as being, you know, willfully kind of not doing the thing. Which puts us head to head kind of, right? Exactly, exactly. You know, it sets up this power struggle. Um, if you think, okay, they can't do that right now, you know, it's a subtle shift, but then you're looking for the obstacle. Okay. So if, you know, your child is on video games when they're supposed to be doing homework and you're thinking, okay, they can't do that right now. What's in the way, you know, you may realize, okay, there's an activation issue here, or maybe there's a memory issue and they're not remembering what they're supposed to be doing. So we're going to have a little whiteboard here. And we're just going to put everything down that they're supposed to do. And they can cross it off and I can see where they are and they know what they're supposed to be doing next. You know, we make it visual and um, 
you know, you can start looking for the solution together when you're looking for an obstacle rather than when you're seeing your child as the obstacle. Mm. I, I love that shift. Just yeah. me thinking it in my brain right now, like, Ooh, that just feels so much better. I'm thinking of, you know, even my youngest who is sometimes will be so upset, you know, like he's flipped his lid and you, he, he, you can't reason with him. And that is for me, it's like, Oh, he can't listen to what I'm telling him right now. He, he physically just can't get what I'm saying. And it just allows me to show up so much more understanding, so much more compassionate in that moment. And like you said, trying to look for solutions and how to deal with that in the best way for your child in that moment. Yeah. And I love that you mentioned that because emotional regulation is actually some, and one of those functions that is often affected by ADHD and that thinking brain shuts off when you're emotionally flooded. Right. And I think that's the same for all of us. Yes, exactly. And when you think about this dynamic of, okay, my child needs to do the homework and now I'm mad and I'm, you know, pressuring them or yelling at them or, you know, getting upset with them. What's happening to their thinking brain at that time. Mm -hmm. It's not making it better. (laughs) No, it's, further shutting down that ability. And so when you can kind of, you know, it's, this is a great tool for regulating your own emotions. You know, when you can make that little shift and take out a lot of that frustration and that anger that you might experience, then you can approach it in a way that's going to help your child be able to think about it too. So, yeah, I'm, I'm wondering how you, um, how you approach the world and maybe people and situations in the world that maybe aren't super supportive of your kids or underst or, or maybe just aren't super supportive of understanding where your kids are coming from. Like, how do you, how do you deal with that? And have you, have you dealt with that? Oh yeah. Look like, (laughs) yeah. I want, I want our parents of neurodivergent kids to feel validated that like they're not the only ones that are dealing with that and how to navigate it. Yeah. You know, I look at, you know, there's kind of this divide pre-diagnosis and post-diagnosis too, and how we handle it with the different kids and where they were in school at that time. You know, I think about my older boys before we really knew what was happening and they were doing things like they, when they were bored at school and they were bored often because they were also very smart. And so if the teacher's talking about something they already know, their brain was like, make this interesting. (laughs) And we had phone calls for, you know, my son flopped his face over on the overhead projector thing and took a <laughs> screenshot, you know, and there nobody was- wants those phone calls. No. <laughs> and, you know, the assistant principal and I were such good friends by the time he graduated, you know, she would call me and she's like, okay, there was a light a- lightsaber incident in the locker room. You know, there was just stuff happening all the time, you know? And so I found that you know, beforehand, I would have interactions with teachers and I would be trying to tell them, here's how you can succeed with my child. You know, this is this is what's going to happen if you put your thumbs on him. This is, you know, what's going to happen here. This is the way he works. And, you know, there were some teachers that were appreciative of that because they wanted to adapt their approach to each child. And there were some that saw that as, 
no, he's just a pain in the neck and you're telling me what to do. And we're just going to give him referrals over and over, you know? And, and so, you know, there was definitely a difference, um, in that respect now, you know, that we know what's at work. It's a lot easier for me to approach a teacher and say, okay, he has ADHD. These are the specific areas where he struggles with these kind of things. And here's what we do to support it. And, you know, can I ask you to do this? You know, can you contact me if this is happening? And, you know, it's it's a little bit easier way for us to approach that when they kind of understand, okay, there's an issue at work and this is what it looks like. And yeah, so- and I'm, I'm just thinking that maybe from the parent or the teacher's point of view, it is a little bit easier for them to accommodate those things right. with a diagnosis. It's like, Hey, I can understand that. I, I can look that up and I can understand that. But one thing I think, um, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, but every child with ADHD is experiencing it differently. Right. Is that, is that right? Absolutely. And so you I know, think that's where you come in as a parent to, to let people know, like, this is how you can best support them and let the chips fall where they may, because not maybe everyone yeah. is, is going to be receptive to that, but, um, yeah. yeah. And, you know, there's a, there's a huge difference also in the way things tend to manifest in boys and girls. Like I would have never dreamed in a million years that my oldest daughter had ADHD because her, her grades were great. Um, she was involved in a lot of things. She looked like the model student, but nobody saw the personal cost to her. You know, the the staying up all night, the tears, the lost sleep, the, you know, the extra work that it took her and the emotional toll that that mm-hmm. took on her because she would pull things off at the last minute and get it all done, you know, and nobody was the wiser. But, you know, there was definitely a toll that was taken there. And, you know, she was diagnosed with anxiety, with depression before she was, the ADHD was ever recognized. And that is really, really common in girls and women because they will work to get it done, you know, but at great personal cost. And so it's really, you know, important to kind of understand those different dynamics so that you can get at the root. That's so interesting. And maybe such a blessing for your daughter too, to be able to understand herself better and to know, Hey, this is okay. And this is just how I do things. Yeah. So that maybe it was a tremendous weight off her shoulders. Yeah. And I feel like all of us spent the first year after diagnosis calling each other and going, remember that time when this happened and now it makes sense. (laughs) We're like light bulbs are going on. Oh my gosh. So good. No, I love that so much. Can you can you just share with everybody before we um, kind of bring this conversation to a close, maybe any last um, words of advice or encouragement for moms or parents with kids with ADHD? Like how, if, if maybe they're listening and they're really struggling right now, um, where to begin with, with learning to understand and love our kids better? Yeah, you know, I I am a big fan of getting really curious and learning things and, um, you know, seeing how some of the information that you read applies to your child. You know, I think that's a great place to start. And, you know, I think, I don't know, it's trying to figure out how to word this. Um, I think have your eyes open to the good may be a good way to say it. Mm -hmm. Um, Take a look at you know, all of these things 
that you're seeing in your child and maybe ask yourself the question, you know, what does this look like when you're an adult? You know, when my son was crawling under the table in the classroom at church and all the other little kids were following him and the teacher was pulling her hair out, that's leadership. You know, this kid had this presence that other people followed. And so how can I take that natural gift that he has and um, teach him to use that in ways that are going to be useful and that are going to be helpful to him, you know, and that was something that that we did that has really been a benefit to him. And so, you know, kind of taking a look, what what are some of these qualities that I'm seeing in their infancy, infancy? and, you know, even recognizing some of the the small talents, you know, we, we kind of look at these in our family. I have very low visual filtering. So my eyes never know where to land. I'm always kind of looking everywhere <laughs> and I'm not filtering out what's less important when I'm looking at things, but coupled with a pretty good recall memory, I can find anything in this house. You know, it's kind of this weird little talent that I have because of my ADHD. So what kind of little gifts does your child have because of that? And, you know, a lot of times you can take those and you can actually use them when you're developing strategies for the things that are harder. And so, you know, I really like when parents will just start keeping a list of what are the great things they did and how did they do it? Because those are going to be the keys to yeah. What you look for, what you look for, you will find. I have yes. to do this with myself. Like, what do I appreciate <laughs> about me sometimes, yeah. right? Like that self-love, that confidence. And when we can start doing that with our kids, it's not only beneficial for us as parents, I think, but we show up differently to them. And I think that, and what do you, I, I'm curious what you think about this, but I think that it also allows them to be more confident in them. If they can see that, Hey, mom and dad are recognizing these great things and they're letting us know yeah. these great things about us, then they're going to be more confident kids yeah. in maybe a world that is hard for them. Right. You know, because like I said before, these kids are getting the message that they're doing it wrong all the time. Mm-hmm. And, um, a lot of the things that we may notice them do well, maybe things that they're discounting in their brain of, well, everybody should be able to do that. So that doesn't even count. Right. Yeah. And when we can give them credit for those things and help them recognize why they succeeded in those situations. That can be a really powerful way to anchor those positive experiences and, you know, make them replicable. So, so good. I'm feeling so encouraged (laughs) as a parent, (laughs) um, just in general. So I'm hoping that everybody listening has, or, or will find something that they can take away from this episode. So thank you so much, Bridget, for being here. Can you, let me let everybody know where they can find you. Yes. So my website is BridgetLittle.com and that's B-R-I-G-E-T-T-E. My mom was a little creative with that. Um, so yeah, BridgetLittle.com is my website. Um, you can sign up for a free one-on-one coaching session there. You know, if you want to even just talk and see if this is something that would be helpful. I am also on Facebook and Instagram at Bridget Little Coaching. So good. And that's one thing we didn't really talk about. Like, obviously Bridget is a great source of support to parents who want some extra help navigating some of these challenges. Would you say that as a whole, there is a lot of support out there for parents of kids with ADHD? If you know where to look for it, you know, I find a lot of people feel alone, but yeah, there, there is support out there. You know, I find social media has been really helpful actually, because I think it's brought a lot of things into awareness. Yeah. 
people recognize, okay, I'm not alone and we're not broken. This There's is just- lots of people okay. yeah, <laughs> who are experiencing some of the same things I am. I'm not alone. Yeah. So good. Well, I'm hoping that again, this is a great resource. Bridget is amazing and has so much knowledge. So if you are looking for some support, please reach out to her. Thank you so much, Bridget, for being here. I really appreciate you Thank for you. stopping in and sharing your goodness. Thank you, Laura. This has been fun. If you are ready to grow your confidence, get unstuck or feel better so that you can become happier in your motherhood and all the other areas of your life, then I would love to invite you to come work with me. Head on over to lauradrycoaching.com to learn more, access all my free content or book a consultation with me. You deserve confidence and I would love to help you access yours.